Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to A Celtic State of Mind. I'm Paul John Dykes and this afternoon I'm joined by Liam Carrigan who is dialing in from Japan. It's 9.30 in the evening for Liam. We've got Ian Conroy who's dialing in from New Zealand and it's 1.30 in the morning. Massive kudos to you, Ian, for getting involved at half one in the morning and Lawrence Connolly, a mile and a half away from Celtic Park. We've all got Celtic on the mind. Um, I'm actually going to pull this one up Straight off the bat, Liam, uh, Stephen Sloan's asking about Idiguchi. It's a good opportunity to talk about two Japanese players um, for two very different reasons. Stephen asks, Idiguchi has been nominated for player of the season over in Japan. Is there a way back from at Celtic or has that ship sailed? And I want to also follow that up, uh, Liam, by asking your view on Awata and whether or not he can change Brendan's mind. Because I'm not sure Brendan fancies him, but every time he plays... It puts in a positive contribution. What's your take on the two Japanese players, Liam? Right, Itaguchi, um has had a, an excellent season with Fukuoka. Um, he has been nominated. Unfortunately, I don't think he's going to win the award because it tends to go to one of the the players at one of the top teams, and Fukuoka are not a top team. You know, it, w- it will most likely be, you know, someone that's playing for Vissel Kobe or. Um, Yokohama, Marinos, or something—you know—it will be one of the one of the top four teams. Um, but Idiguchi has been excellent; it's a very good season. And part of me wonders should Celtic have another look at him. But on the other hand, I think is he playing better because he's just more comfortable in the J League? Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's a consideration because every time he's come to Europe, now granted, there's been a lot of nasty injuries, and he's been very very unlucky in that regard. But he has yet to have like a good solid season anywhere in Europe. Um and yet every time he plays in Japan, he's excellent. You know, he was excellent with uh with uh, his I think it was Osaka was his previous club before we signed him. You know, he had a good he had a good season there. Um and he's been consistently good whenever he's played in Japan, which is why he keeps getting linked with moves to Europe. Yeah. But it's just, you know, sometimes you get players who just can't quite make that step up um i mean you know one example that i remember although he did go on to be successful elsewhere in europe was uh, shinji ono when he came to arsenal Mm -hmm. there was a lot of talk about him um and then um i think there was another one uh, junichi inamoto who i don't know if he even played a game for arsenal um despite a lot of hype both those guys went on to do well elsewhere in europe but you know at the top level they just weren't quite there um and uh i do wonder if that's the case with Hideguchi. i hope not mm. i mean I, I would love to see him come back to celtic and do something but 
we're very top heavy in midfield. Yeah. Um, we are going to have to ship out several midfielders, I think, before we can look at bringing any in. And if Idiguchi comes in, it is effectively, you know, it's a, it's a new signing because it's a guy that Rogers did not have as part of his squad. So Rogers would have to look at it from that perspective. Is this a guy that I would have signed if I had looked at him before? Um, and I don't know if he would because I think this season particularly, our new acquisitions from Asia have not have not done that well so far. You know, jury's out on Yang. Mm-hmm. O is coming on to a good game. He's looking better every time he plays, but he's still not quite there. Kobayashi, I think I've got a better chance of getting a game at the moment than he has, unfortunately. Um, you know, and then you know, Kyogo and Dyson are excellent, but they're they're injured. And so Dyson's injured, Hatati's injured. Uh, you know, Kyogo is being played out of position, so it's not going well for him at the moment either. And something makes me wonder, is, is it just generally that Brendan Rodgers doesn't really fancy these types of players from that market? Well, Awata is the big uh, question mark for me, because I'll, I'll come to you, Ian. Um, Liam and I have been speaking about Awata since he signed. I, I've not seen him playing a, a particularly bad game for Celtic. I think uh, there was a few games he was played out of position through necessity at the end of Ange Postacoglu's reign, where uh, Kobayashi wasn't fit for purpose. Awata played centre half in the Scottish Cup final, and then during the pre-season he was uh, he was filling in at right back. But I think when he plays in the midfield, Ian, and again, by the way, I've got to say yes, I am half blind, but also I was suffering a wee bit of the old COVID, and I kept saying it was Mikey Johnson that set up Jamesy Forrest. It wasn't, and uh, I've been corrected time and time again on that one. I think Awata every time he plays in the midfield, Ian, he makes a positive contribution. I was making the uh, similarity. I was making the comparison rather. Remember when Tommy Burns came to Celtic and he really had to, for a spell, work with what he had at his disposal and then he was able to bring in Phil O'Donnell and then he could bring in Van Hoydong and slowly but surely he started putting the, his own mark on the team. But the one player that didn't really get a, a crack of the whip until late in that, that first season was Rudy Vata. And uh, Rudy has spoken about it since. He said, you know, Tommy made it pretty clear, you're not my player, I don't rate you and we will try and ship you out. Uh, but Vata being Vata, uh, stuck it out, proved himself to the gaffer, got into the team. Um, and I'm I'm looking at a Vata and I'm thinking, I don't know if, if Rogers rates him that highly, but every time he plays Ian, you cannot ignore that he's contributing positively. And I think he did that again at the weekend. Yeah, well, Rogers come out and said the thing that all managers have to say, really, which is, you know, you're, you're, you earn, your, earn the right for my consideration in training. So it's the effort, you know, and how much, you know, how much they actually are putting in the, in the application, how switched on and tuned in they are, you know, in, in training. And I think any manager, all the old greats would say as well, you know, I, I think it was, was it Bill Shankly, you know, it's kind of like, you know, when you're here, you're under absolute scrutiny from every second you're here at the club. Mm-hmm. That's only right when any football, any, you know, the, the odds of being a professional footballer in any league is difficult. You look at the competition, but when you, when you move up to the higher echelons and the, the elite teams, the bigger supported teams like like Celtic, the scrutiny is always there, so you can never switch off. So with Iwata, you're, you're right, you know, it's like come, come in and give someone the best possible chance, which is put a round peg in a round hole, um, unless they're one of these kind of utility players that you can they can, they can adapt. But even then, if you're trying to assimilate into a new team and a new league, to be out of your comfort zone and then lost further by being in a different position... Yeah. You're kind of stacking the odds, you know, against them, you know, and succeeding. Mm-hmm. There's some paper talk, which I kind of, I quite, I concur with some of it. Um, I shared it in the group chat yesterday. I don't know if it was just devilment. I think it was on the Daily Record about sort of some some players sort of revolving around in position. So Awata being that holding midfielder, allowing Calmac to move further up and more advanced as he did before when Scott Brown was in the team. Um, and Milwaukee, uh, coming in um, in, in the centre half position, and Liam Scales maybe moving to left back and trying him there. I think he'd be quite comfortable in there as well. But um, it would be nice to see him to get a chance in that holding midfielder position, which is his. He was player the player player of the season, wasn't he? In Jaylee before we signed yeah. him, yeah, yeah, most so, um, yeah. Again, what, touching upon what Liam said, that's no that's no uh, guarantee that you're going to succeed outside of the Jaylee, you know. But 
when he's come on, I agree. He's, he looks a, a decent player um, and worth a decent run. You know, if, imagine if Cal Mack was injured, he'd, he'd slot in there quite nicely. Um, but obviously, that's not happening. So, but yeah, let's let's. I, I think he's worth a shout for sure. Well, when we look at it, Lawrence, and we look at um, Brendan Rodgers, look, you know, um, assessing his squad and that particular position, you know, the the Hatati jersey. Let's call it the Hatati jersey, right? And you've you've tried um, Odin Holm in there, you've tried Paolo Bernardo, and David Trumbull's had games. And I think those three players all bring different things to the table. Um, you know, David Trumbull's uh, you know contribution is pretty obvious. He's a guy that gets involved in, in goals, uh, mainly scoring them, and he does that from distance. But you look at some parts of his game that aren't quite there, particularly the defensive side of things. The one player that's not really had a, a decent run, and certainly a start, is Awata. Um, I'm looking ahead to Wednesday night's game, tomorrow night's game against Hibs, and I'm thinking, well, if it's on, if it's on merit, then surely Awata gets the jersey. Uh, Lawrence, what, what do you what do you make of it? Is it a case of Rogers not really fancying him, but um, he, he won't be able to ignore him if he continues to come on and and, and uh, take his opportunities as he did at the weekend? I, I think maybe he's uh, using the same data as Alan Morrison does and saying, look, Callum can't really play further forward now. You know, he's lost that bit of pace. So I need to play him at the six. And he's unfortunate that Callum's playing at the six. Uh, uh, you know, he's a most dependable player, Callum. The amount of minutes he plays. You, you've got to look at who's keeping him out of the team. I, I think that's what it comes down to. You know, I'd like to see Callum push further forward. You know, I, I've not looked at the data, the starts, but I know Alan has. And he says, look, pace-wise, you know, he's not really got it there to go further forward. You know, if he did play further forward, I think Awata is your man. Uh, you know, if Callum gets injured, Awata comes in. It's just who's in front of him in the team just now. And it's unfortunately for him, it's Callum that's in front of him as that defensive player. You know, and, and as for Gucci coming back and having another look, we're, we're kind of forced into that, aren't we, when he's loan ends, unless they buy him? <laughs> you know, we don't really have a choice. You know, we'll be backing our player, and I'm sure Brendan will run the rule over him. Uh, you know, most valuable player in Japan. He's, he's obviously not a, b- a bad footballer. And obviously that Scottish Cup game that we, we picked up a few injuries in. Uh, I'm not too sure what the refs were doing that day, but Callum picked up an, an injury as well. I think we covered that yeah. game, didn't we, Lawrence? Yeah, we covered it together, yeah. Yep. And it was, he was really unlucky. He was having a decent game. It was just a horrendous tackle on him. I think it was at Leeds, it was that, Liam, before yep. he didn't really get the team, yeah. yeah. And, and it didn't work for him there, but... You know, when he come over, you'd, you'd hopes for him. And he's, he's went back and, put, and proven that he's a player. It could be that, you know, he's more comfortable in the, in the J-League. But yeah. I think Liam's talked to, touched on how technical the, the J-League is. And even he's, the team he takes can recycle the ball in 13 seconds. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah. yeah, so I, th- I think Gucci will have another look at him unless they take up the option to buy. I'm going to ask Liam about that. Uh, what What is the, the likelihood of Celtic making anything back? on this player because obviously it's not worked out here at Celtic um, he's proved that he's very comfortable playing at that the level in Japan his style of football mm-hmm. seems to suit him if he was to go back there what kind of transfer fees are we talking uh, Liam what's the the general uh, transfer fee not nowhere me, near me, 850 grand I know we could probably get that I mean we'd probably get that back um, but yeah you're talking like you know one to two million tops Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think I think the record signing in the J League was a few years ago. I think it was it was either Nagoya Grampus or Arawa Reds paid about eight million for for some Brazilian guy who turned out to be a dud. Um, and uh, that kind of that stung because that was, you know, about four times what the previous record fee was. I think the the, the previous sort of record fee for a player going into Japan was about two or three million. And right. since then, teams have been reluctant to kind of push beyond that um, because Japan also has, I mean, you look at how the national team is doing now at all levels, uh, male and female. Um, the youth development in Japan is phenomenal. I'm, as, as Lawrence touched on, I'm lucky enough to be kind of, you know, tangentially involved in that through my high school team. Um, and uh, it's it's really good to see that there's just so many young players coming through there that they don't have to sign players from Europe. Mm-hmm. They really don't. 
you know, when the J League first started, it was augmented by guys like Gary Lineker, Pierre Litbarski, uh, Zico, you know, basically over-the-hill European players who went there for one last big payday. Mm-hmm. I mean, Lubo was actually in Japan for a very, very short spell with uh, Jeff United Chiba before he signed for Celtic. And then um, you've got Rudy Vata. Rudy was over there as well, the aforementioned. Yep. yep. Um, and... You know, the point is that Japan has moved beyond that model now. So mm-hmm. European, they don't pay European transfer fees and they generally don't sign European players now. If you've got a, for, there's a five foreigners rule in the J-League. Um, and generally those foreigners are usually either Korean, Southeast Asian, uh, Australian or Brazilian. Um, and quite often the Brazilians end up nationalising as Japanese because it's it's easier to do that if you're from Brazil. There's some sort of visa agreement there. Um, so yeah, they, they wouldn't sign a player from a European club unless it was for a knockdown fee. But we're talking about an MVP. If, if he wants to stay in the J-League, there's every chance another J-League club might come in for him. And it might be a bigger one like Urawa Reds or um, Yokohama Marinos who can pay the money. And then, yeah. you know, we might we might even turn a wee profit. We might get a million for him or something like that. But it won't be any more than that because that's just not the market in Japan. I'm just thinking not only uh, Idiguchi, I think also Kobayashi, who you mentioned, were, were mm. potentially going to be doing business this January with Japanese clubs to offload those two players. Um, albeit maybe it's going to be a loan deal for Kobayashi initially. But it will be interesting because I don't, you know, even though he's, he's done well, I'm looking at that situation thinking he's done well, that's good because his stock's going to be pretty high to move him on rather than Idiguchi's going to come back and make his mark because there are other players at Celtic, I think, Awata being the main one, who deserve a crack um, at a first-team jersey and hopefully he'll get it tomorrow night. What do you make of um, where we are just now going into the January transfer window? Let us know in the comments section. Um, also, Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You know, marry that into some of Brendan Rodgers' recent comments. He's coming out fighting, and I like that version of Brendan Rodgers. Coming out fighting, basically laying down the gauntlet for the Celtic board. And um, I'm going to have a wee look back at uh, what's happened previously in uh, January transfer windows for Brendan at Celtic. The fact that he comes back to the club and he um, talks about the recruitment approach being uh, pivotal to him accepting the uh, role second time round at Celtic Park and uh, obviously if that has worked out and then of course a big shout out yesterday to the guys Kevin Graham, Jerry Taylor and Asim Rabani uh, who ran the show without me and it went down a storm so I don't know what that says about me but uh, thank you to the guys and I hope you enjoyed that as well Um, Double Denim January is a tricky window for us traditionally deals tend to be overpriced and finding the right players is difficult, but we need a statement of intent from Rogers and the board, right? Loads has been spoken about. Let's have a wee chat about what we're about to move into in January. And I was looking back at um, how, you know, everything ended and it all ended a bit in a grotty manner with uh, Brendan Rogers leaving the club. Um, I'm just going to, I'm going to bring up four examples here, right? Because Brendan has spoken about uh, the recruitment strategy. He spoke about it when he came to Celtic, and he cited Mark Lowell as having done a brilliant job of bringing in players that fitted into Celtic's uh, player profile. He described the Japanese imports in particular as being sensational. Um, so it's something that he has obviously been sold 
He's been sold the fact that we've improved on the recruitment thing, but he's obviously been given all the good examples. Um, when he comes in to the club, there are deals already in the offing. We know that. I mean, he was a he, the day that Odin Holm was presented to the press was the same day that Brendan Rodgers was presented to the press. Odin Holm was already in the door. Um, he was asked about him in his first press conference and he spoke highly of the player. As he as he had to really, he's a twenty year old, two and a half million quid coming in from Norwegian football, and uh, Brendan got behind that. Uh, later on, he spoke about you know developing the players that he is presented with, but in recent times, his tone has changed when he's speaking because it looks to me as though the players he's been presented with are not of the caliber that he was expecting. Now, when he left the club uh, back in 2019, Brendan had um, suffered a few dodgy Januaries. Um, if we go back to 2017, lads, right? Ibu Kuasi, remember him? 2.8 million quid we signed Kuasi for. Uh, he was signed from Krasnodar in January 2017. He went on to play a grand total of 967 minutes of football in three and a half years. Marvin Comper, he cost a million quid from RB Leipzig in January 2018, and he played played 83 minutes of football against Greenock Morton under Brendan Rodgers. Then we had Marion Sved, who was another 1.7 million quid, uh, paid to a club called Carpati Lviv in January 2019. Never kicked the ball under Brendan Rodgers, and I'm going to um, seal this this uh, quadruple up with. Vakun Bayou, who was uh, brought in from the giants of football, uh, Dunaska Strada, in January 2019 for two million quid. He played a grand total of 60 seconds of football under Brendan Rodgers. Now, the reason I'm bringing this up is there are concerns, Liam, that some of the guys that brought that were brought in around about the same time as Brendan came back are simply not good enough. He's not playing them. You know, he's not, he, he's played home. Um, he's played Tilio for a minute. Um, he's spoken about Gustav Lagerbjelk and Novrosky being fit, but he's obviously not impressed enough. And in fact, Scales has done really well to keep them out. But he's been pre- presented with player Quan being another one, never kicked a ball, that are not good enough. They're not good enough quality to uh, replace the guys that have already left. And they're not good enough quality to enhance the squad. That's why we're sitting with one point out of five games in the Champions League, the bottom of the table. Liam, is it a concern for you? Can we put it right in January? Can we? Yes. Will we? I'm not sure. Um, Because you've just rhymed off there. Historically, we do not do well in January windows. Probably the only exception was when we signed our Japanese trio. Yeah. And even then, only two of those ultimately worked out. Um, So... You know, and the jury was out on Dyson for probably about the first six months um, before he he found his his niche. And <laughs> if you ask some people, the jury's still out on him. But you know, um, that's another story. Uh, the um, the thing is that I really um, I I really think we need to freshen up the team. Um, mm-hmm. I I was talking to the to the boys in Celtic Down Under the other day about about the weekend's game, and. This might sound like hyperbole, but I said that first half, it was like watching somebody play FIFA who doesn't know the controls. <laughs> it was like these me guys, have, me. Have, have they even seen a football at some points? You know, it really was just amateur hour. Turgid. And I get how angry Brendan Rodgers was because as a fan, I was equally angry watching it. Um, turned it around in the second half. and But that team badly needs freshening up. Um, there is a lot of deadwood there. And unfortunately, I think some of it was playing at the weekend. Um, I, you know, David Turnbull is a fantastic footballer, right? And I think he should be in the Scotland squad for the Euros next year. But he's not going to get that while he's a bit part player at Celtic. And he's never going to be any more than a bit part player at Celtic, I don't think. His goals record is, is excellent, considering the number of minutes that he's had. But ask yourself, why does he have so few minutes? Yeah. Um, ultimately, the manager doesn't fancy him. And neither do I, if I'm being quite honest. Um, I think Iwata should be in there ahead of him. Um, and we talk about McGregor being freed up to go further forward. He stepped up and scored the goal that ultimately took us on to win the game at the weekend mm-hmm. by making that forward run. 
So I think that does slightly kind of pre- push back on the argument that he's not got the legs for it anymore because he did it when it when we when he had to at the weekend. Um, and he, he consistently does it for Scotland as well. He plays in a much more advanced role for Scotland. Yeah. Um, and look at what they're doing right now. You know, I never thought yeah, I would the, say this, but the Scottish national team are a benchmark we should look at just now for what you can achieve with uh, a greater a team that's greater than the sum of its parts. You know. Absolutely, uh, Liam. It's a great point you make because we're we're constantly being told that things are beyond us uh, because mm. of where we play our football. But my argument is we're not even punching at our weight. We're not yeah. punching at our weight. I mean, this particular Champions League campaign, we're sitting with one point, but we've gone into it having not strengthened the side. So yeah. you can't tell me that one point is a maximum Celtic could have achieved had we gone into the transfer market with some kind of purpose rather than signing players that largely were for progression so that we could then sell them on at their optimum price, which is the words used by the chairman when he was speaking about the record-breaking figures um, in our accounts. So th- this is some of the frustrations that we have. David Turnbull, I agree, is a phenomenal football player. If you look at him since he signed for the club and you want to break down his minutes and talk about goal contributions, assists and goals, the, the, the results are phenomenal. Does that mean he should be playing in the team? I agree with you right now. No. I think he's a great option off the bench at the moment. Sometimes when you're trying to break down a team, aside to have got a really resolute defence. David Turnbull's excellent for that. But as a 90-minute footballer for Celtic, no. He's not doing it for me on a consistent basis. On Wednesday night, I've already said it, I'd be playing a water. Now, Lawrence has picked up on a point that um, has been raised by the data guys, which is that uh, Callum McGregor can't play a more advanced role. Can we challenge that? Can we challenge it, Liam? Because... yeah. You, you've said there, I mean, what are we up against in Scottish football? Are we up against elite athletic beings who you need to have such a turn of pace to be uh, contributing in an offensive sense? Now, Lawrence, you, you pitched the idea and you disagreed with it because you think uh, Callum can funny. do a job offensively. Yeah. And I think he can do a job offensively. I'm being told by those who look at the specific data that it's not possible. Is it as simple as that, Ian? I'll throw it out to you. Um, the data suggests Callum can't play an offensive role, therefore Awata won't get a game. Callum must play number six. Is it as simple as that to you? And this is, I mean, maybe this is a stupid question. Was this data taken from games? And if it is, then he's playing a defensive position. He's being measured on the, on the, on the, on the position he's being played. Yeah. So how can they measure him in a more advanced position if he's not playing that? I don't know. Was it formed partly with with in training? He's 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 been measured in a more advanced role in training, and it's not it's not, it's not stacking up. Don't know. Um, can someone tell us? I mean, do you know that, Lawrence? It's um, a good point, Ian. Right? If he's playing defensively, then his offensive stats are going to go down, Lawrence. I think, in a nutshell, yep. that's what I'm thinking. Um, and he has been playing that role for a few seasons. Any data outside the club's just going to be on games, isn't it? Inside mm-hmm. the club, they should have data from training as well. There's an argument about, you know, it's not match the intensity at training, though, isn't it? You know, does it give you that, that extra like he, he did at the weekend? You know, and turn a game for us? You, you know, there's extra pressure in games. I, I, I think you could absolutely could play, play further forward. You know, I've not looked up the data, but I've heard it floated. That's the reason why. Yeah, And you can see why, you know, Awata's not playing in front of McGregor. I, th- I think Awata's got a, the potential to be the best midfielder at the club. But to prove that, he's going to need minutes. It, games. It, you know, and we're struggling further forward. You know, you, you've touched on it. What do we face in Scotland? You know, Europe's gone. Uh, you know, push him further forward, develop Awata. Because, you know, he's on a books. So if we're going to want to move him on for money, he's going to need minutes. Either that, but we're writing off another fee. You know, you, you've got, I think it's about squad management and it probably comes back to our recruitment as well. Brendan's touched on it, the squad's too big. Mm-hmm. How many project players can you have? They, they need better players to help develop them. They need minutes on the park. If you've got 12 project players, you know, they're not doing it. I think we've got a squad of 30-odd. You know, I, yeah. I think you know, one and two of the squad is paid to stay at home in match day. You know, they're not in the, they're not in the match day squad. It's a lot of money kind of going down the tube. And, 
you know, these project players, we'll, we'll look at Gucci, you know, the size of the squad, it wasn't really giving him a chance to play. And I know he got hampered by injury, but there's other players that have been here that went elsewhere and you thought, I think Shred been okay when he went elsewhere. Didn't really get a chance. And, and, and talk about wingers, I mean, how many do we need? I would say, you know, Palmer came in as a project player. Tilo came in as a project player. Yang came in as a project player. You're going to, how many minutes are these project wingers going to get? You know, it's, it's kind of three of them. You, at least three project wingers. You know, maybe Tilo as well. Four. It's too many, isn't it? You know, I, I think as a club, you know, we're, we're going to need to look and go, right, we need at least eight Champions League level players mm-hmm. if we want to progress. And then you look and go, right, how else do we fill the squad? Is it another eight that are the best in the SPL? That have got, you, you know, we'll, we'll do for the home matches and every now and again a decent performance in Europe. And and then you're looking to fill it, you know, with projects we've brought in or youth after that. But you, you, you need to kind of define, you know, we're all saying it's too many projects, but I suppose to know what too many is, you need to define how many we're looking for at a club like Celtic. Is it eight? Is it 12? Is it 16? Is it four? You know, it's all right saying we've got too many. Well, has anyone decided how many we should have at any one time? And you've got to do some kind of analysis and go, well, we've got six project players. We can't have them all in the same positions because they're going to limit each other's game time. Absolutely. So, you know, we need to kind of spread them about the team and think, how will they get game time? How will we develop them? Because we don't have a reserve league. You know, it, it needs to be first team minutes, especially anyone we're paying, like, you know, a few million quid for. It's going to be for, for the first team, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. What we sent to the boys were developing. And let's say that Batters looked to gain the reserves. Has he stood out? No, but neither did Kieran Tierney. You, you, you know, he wasn't standing out of the reserves or the B team or whatever you want to call it or the under 21s as it was. Some players, you know, they need that minutes in the, in the first team. It's sure they can do it. Sure they can become a player. They're playing with better players. You know, that extra pressure. Some people respond to that in the first team. And I think there's a you know a lot of things wrong, and Brendan's touched on it. The squad size is far too big. Mm-hmm. We've got too many projects. I think they need to kind of go back to basics and go right. What we're we looking for, how many players in each section do yeah. we need? When you're talking about the tier of player, uh, Lawrence, and you're talking about Champions League quality player, we're not saying Celtic need to go out and spend sixty million quid on a fullback. What we're saying is, from the squad we have, the players who can step up to that level and compete. And we do have a number of players who can do it. I named Ming last week, and I think that Matt O'Reilly, for example, is in that category. I think Kyogo's in that category. And I included Callum McGregor in there. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. As well, I think my team, when I look at this, the strongest Celtic start 11 had five or six players in there who I'm happy with going into a Champions League game. And it's a case then of bringing in another two or three players of that kind of quality, Lawrence, and then having a tier system where... Just under that, you've got guys who can do your job, at, you know, domestically, like you say. But you've also got ones who are developing into the type of player who becomes a Matt O'Reilly and a Rio Atati. You know, the, the player that you would be confident going into the Champions League. But you raise a point there about youth and, and coming through. We don't have it. That that's virtually been scrapped at Celtic because we don't have the players that are coming through. We've got three different locations: Celtic Park, Lennox Town, Barrafield. And we're not producing young players to play for Celtic. Because every time I say it, people say, well, we produced Ben Doak and we produced Liam Morris and we produced all these guys that Liverpool and Bayern Munich want to sign. But it's not working for us as a football club. And the, the latest example of that is Rocco Vata. Um, so just to confirm, because I've read various blogs over the last couple of weeks about Vata not back a deal and all this. Rocco Vata has not been offered a deal by Celtic. This season here was the ultimate for me, the ultimate opportunity, if he wasn't going to be part of the plans, because we've signed three wingers to replace Jota, um, if he wasn't going to be part of the plan, loan him out. And he should have been loaned out in the summer. And he should have been out there right now getting game time. 
and getting that competitive edge that you don't get playing in the fifth tier of Scottish football. The thing is, Lawrence, I feel sorry for the, the boy because he can only play against the, the teams that he's, that he's uh, selected against. And when he's doing that, both on an international level or when we play the likes of Lazio as he did the other week, He's actually stepping up and he's performing well, but he's not getting the opportunity. Why is he not getting the opportunity? Because you've got all these blocks in front of him. You've got the three guys that were signed for money, and Tilio and Yang and Palmer, they're in front of him. James E. Forrest with his experiences ahead of him, as is Mikey Johnson, who's actually done pretty well. We'll talk about him as well. And then you've got other guys who obviously are out injured at this moment in time in Maida and Abada. Rockova is so far behind in the pecking order the boy's not going to get a game of football at Celtic. So what we should have done is recognise that he's got bags of potential and loaned him out in the summer. He could have been out there right now playing competitive football, Liam, and that's where we do it wrong, isn't it? I mean, we've yeah. heard the, the rumours around Inter Milan, Sampdoria being interested in the player. We'll get 300 grand, whatever it is, when he goes. Mm. And, and that saddens me because we do have three locations. We've got a youth academy that's costing three million quid a year and we're producing nothing for Celtic. No, I mean you look at the you look at where our players, our young players have gone, likes of Liverpool, Bayern Munich, um, you know, Italy, a couple of clubs in Italy. What is the common denominator? They all have B teams that are allowed to play at a decent level. Yeah, you know, just a couple of tiers below. In the case of the German league, just a couple of tiers below the Bundesliga. You know, the standard of the, the English Reserve League is, is very, very high. Um, you know, um, Italy has a similarly, you know, progressive setup. And at the end of the day, who you want, who do you want, with the greatest of respect to these teams, who would you rather play against? You know, Whitehill Welfare or, or the, you know, the Borussia Dortmund second string? I think it's not really a it's not really a contest, is it? Even if you go to somebody like Bayern Munich and you're miles away from the first team, just being part of that squad and playing even at the second or third tier of German football is going to make you a much, much better footballer than playing on public parks in the West of Scotland League is. You know, it's it's just the unfortunate reality of it. But what we should be doing is okay, I'll rhyme off a few players here, right? Quan. Kobayashi, possibly Tilio, right? Three guys that are unlikely to get a game anytime soon. Mm -hmm. Loan each of them to teams in the Scottish Premiership. Because one, it will get them tuned up to what they need to do to play at that level. And two, they just might score a goal against our rivals or have a great performance against our rivals, which will endear them to the Absolutely. Celtic support when they do come home. Ryan Christie being the classic example of and Scale Liam Scales of how that can work. Yeah, yep. exactly. I mean, it yep. makes sense, right? These are assets to our club who are not contributing. I'd throw Lagerbjelk in there as well, by the way, because I don't think yep. it looks good if we sell him in January because... All the, the words that have been said around um, Brennan Rodgers being, you know, the guy that signs off every deal and all that, you tear that up and throw it in the bin if you sell one of them in January. If you put one out on loan, like Lagerbelt, like Tilio, like you're saying, Quan, these guys are not going to get games the second half of the season. But I, I've always been of the view, Ian, that try and do it in the Scottish game if you can, because, you know, I like the fact that we're, we're setting up uh, partnerships with Admira Wacker, for example, but that's more to do with the the youth development, guys that are too good for the B team, get them game time over there. We might have a, a similar philosophy, a, a similar style of play to the clubs that we partner with. That's great. I think that's a brilliant thing. It's a, a step forward. But see all these other guys who are kind of like in purgatory where the first team squad players that are never playing, as Lawrence says, are getting paid every single week to go to training, basically. Get them out there and play games. And not only that, play against Rangers. Play against their challengers and maybe damage them, you know. If you're a goalie, you might save a penalty. If you're a striker, you might score a goal against them, you know. Is that too basic as well? Because these are things that are screaming at me every single time I look at that squad list and the guys that are not contributing. There's another thing to it, though. You know, if we go to sign another project player, we you know, obviously have identified he's decent. His agent's going to go, well, what happened in the last project? Oh, yeah, you get 12 of them, you don't play. Yeah. You know, that's not going to be good for my client's development. Why would I go tell, tell him to go to Celtic? He wants to play. You know, and I get players have to believe that he's joining, believing he's going to play. 
But if he was also looking, going, geez, you've got 12 projects in your books you've done nothing with that don't get game time, are you really going to treat me any differently? I, I, point this, I made. Yeah, sorry, on you go, Ian. <clears throat> I said this before about my children, my hypothetical situation, mine or I'm sure lots of dads would be would, would say, you know, a lot of people are seduced by the, the sort of the bright lights of the big teams. I'd rather my, my children went to a Motherwell or a Hamilton or a, where there's a there's a, a, a quicker pathway to a first team role, you know, with, the, with these smaller teams, and then shine in that smaller pond, you know, and 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 try and 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 achieve a career in professional football that way. Because the, the stats show that you know the young players as talented as they might be, the Ben Dokes and 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 the, and the like, it's quite rare, you know. A lot of them drop away. A lot of players who look quite promising over the years. And Celtic's reserves, and oh, sorry, not reserves, but sort of youth teams. Yeah. And they've dropped away to nothing. You know, it's pretty counting two hands, perhaps. You know, team players that have gone in and had, and had a decent career in, and actually in football, albeit at the lower level. So I said this, I said exactly the same thing as, as Liam was saying, you know, and, and, and you're, you're echoing, well, John, it's get them into the, it's, it's the same league. They'll, they'll, they'll play on the same pitches, they'll play against the same defenders or strikers or, 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 or whatever, and it will allow them to either, you know, hit or miss, you know, to assimilate into the league for definite. Um, and we've got we've got a track record of that working, you know, with IR, you know, scales, um, yeah. you know, Ryan Christie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, without a doubt. And, um, you know, it, it's great to have first-team games. Um, and I, I'm pretty sure it would be better to play them anywhere than not at all. But I just think if we've got more of a focus on it. I mean, there's clubs all over who have got loan managers. You know, their entire job is to deal with the loanees um, who we have got loaned all out all over the world. Uh, Gary Caldwell had that job for Man City for a spell, where you're basically dealing with the loan players that are basically playing all over the, the globe. I think it would make sense if we did that. Um, and and you know what? It brings up the, the other question here, because we're talking about the midfield scenario, and, and some of us on the show today are thinking, give... Awata a chance. Um, all we are saying is give Awata a chance, says the Urban Culture in the comment section. What do you make of it? Um, it's kind of taken us into that area of youth development as it often does on a Celtic state of mind because we're frustrated by it. Um, but we'll come back to some of the other areas of the park that will be under scrutiny tomorrow night when the starting 11 is announced an hour before kickoff. The Urban Culture been off the scene for a few days listening to yesterday's show and was about to make a comment here. Well, it's great to see you back, uh, Urban Culture. I, I watched and listened to yesterday's show as an audience member. So it was great fun. I apologise, I couldn't make it myself. I was otherwise engaged in Axon business somewhere else. Patrick Murphy, I don't care how much a player costs. I'm more concerned with who's identifying the targets. Is our recruitment team really the best it can be? They could spend £50 million and still end up with one Champions League point. Yes. Absolutely, you could. And all you need to do is look at some of the uh, similar teams who are in a position like Celtic at the foot of their Champions League League group. rather. They've spent a lot of money. It doesn't guarantee success. My point constantly, though, were we well enough prepared for this campaign? The answer is no, we weren't. Because we've gone out there into the, the, uh, the transfer market and we've purchased a number of players, nine players in total. And the point I keep making is, Odin, Thiago, home, one for the future. He's played 322 minutes this season under Brendan Rodgers. Marco Tilio, although injured for a spell, has played a minute of football. Quan hasn't kicked a ball. Noroski, 247 minutes, albeit he has been injured. And Lagerbjelk, 529 minutes. You've also got Phillips and Bernardo, the two loanees. He's played... Phillips has played 270 minutes, Bernardo 382 minutes of football. We've played 21 games of football so far. And in total, those players have combined 1,751 minutes. Seven players playing the equivalent of under 20 games combined at a total cost of 12.5 million quid, plus the loan fees, plus the wages. That's no good business, Liam, is it? No. No, and the... You know, it touched on a number of issues there. Like, first of all, I don't think we should be signing loan players anymore. I think that particular ship has sailed. We need to be developing players with a view to them playing in the Champions League. 
So what is the point? Again, Phillips, great player. I understand why we had to sign him because of the emergencies and we didn't realise then that Scales was going to step up as he did. But we should never have been in that boat. We should have been better prepared. Um, the thing is, you and I are not professional football um, analysts, right? We're fans at the end of the day. And we watch the games and we can see the deficiencies in the Celtic team pre-season. We mm -hmm. can see that we need full-backs reinforced. We can see that we need a, a, a goalkeeper that's going to actually challenge Joe Hart. We can see that the team needs freshening up. Now, if we can see that, you better believe that Feyenoord, Lazio and Atletico Madrid's uh, backroom team saw it and exploited it. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. You know, that is the issue. If, if, if us fans can see it, why the hell can't the board see it? Or why do they choose not to see it? Well, we know the answer. It's because oh, as long as we beat Rangers, we're all right. Yes, because the that ninth, is they're, the, they're right. Yeah. You're right. They, the guys that yeah. we've brought in there, Liam, right? No other team in, in uh, Scotland beyond Celtic and Rangers can can spend that kind of money. Um, mm. I'm not getting into where the money comes from. Can spend that kind of money. We uh, we should be able to beat every other team in the league by spending and having that outlay. Seven and a half million pounds on two centre-halves. The reason we were in the position, uh, Liam, going back to the Nat Phillips thing, the reason we were in that position was because we had signed a centre-half in Kobayashi again, Poor recruitment. It's not worked out. So yep. we had signed the player. He was in the building. We had a, an injury crisis at that moment in time. And there are certain players within the squad, even when you've got an injury crisis, you cannot call upon because they're simply not up to the standard. It concerns me a bit, um, Ian, that when the gaffer's talking about the fitness of Novroski, the question was asked yesterday about Mike Novroski. Is he fit to play? Yes, he is. He is fit, as is Gustav Lagerbjelk. He's looking at them at training every single day. They're not doing enough at training. He's talking about personality um, and also the fact that Liam Scales doesn't deserve to be dropped. I was reading a report the other day. I don't know how much uh, weight we can put behind it that Scales is now gathering interest from other European sides and are apparently interested in Scales. We've got a scenario in January where we should be putting Kobayashi back out, probably not selling him, depending on whether or not we can get a bid he might go back to Japan. Nat Phillips, we should be um, sending him back to Anfield. We've got that option, Ian. So there's two central defenders down. You're then looking at Lagerbelt and Navroski. You've got the two guys who are your first choices and you've also got Welsh. Is that strong enough to see us through the rest of the domestic campaign? Yeah, it should be. Absolutely should be. Um, but come the end of the season, you're then questioning whether or not Lagerbelt's got a, a long-term future at Celtic. That's bad recruitment again. Uh, Ian, isn't it? I mean, Stephen Welsh for me is probably going to get a game before Lagerbelt does. Yeah, well, would we have signed him if, if Welsh didn't get that injury? Maybe not. Um, he's got the same agent as Starfelt, so I don't know. That was a bit of a, a, bit, of a bit of a muddy waters. Uh, I did, I did note that Brendan said that when he was talking about attitude and training. You know, if, you, if you're not stepping up in training, then you, you know, you're not going to get a sniff of, of getting any minutes. He mentioned that Nat Phillips seemed to be a bit of a, a leader or he, he yeah. was showing that attitude. So, mm -hmm. Liam, I agree with, with lots of stuff, but in terms of the loan market, um, it's not ideal, but the, I think the most successes we've had in recent years have been the, the loanees that have done well and we've bought them. Mm. Um, so perhaps that's the halfway house op option for a, for a reluctant board, for our, kind of, you know, for, for our um, risk-averse board. When they spend a few, a few extra pennies, um, so look when the, we talked earlier on about um, Brendan Rodgers, you know, his, his, you know, his players and things. In his first tenure, his first window was pretty good, and I think the two two key or well, three key players were the belly. Was that his first window? But it was yeah. it was Scott Sinclair and Colo Turi um, mm -hmm. when he got Colo Turi in, and Colo Turi obviously went. He didn't play as a great deal, really, in the grand scheme of things. But his personality and around the place, and then he went to the coaching staff. It lifted the club, and it brought a, it brought an attitude, and it brought a, it brought a, a professionalism. You know, this is in a standard, right? I'm sure sure uh, Scott Sinclair did as well. So, and that was that was Brendan sort of thinking. Shit, sorry for my French there. Uh, it, you know, we, we need some we need some help here, and we need some we need some quality help. So hopefully there's a bit more of that 
in January that, that Brendan's identified some play, some guys that he knows and trusts because that's what all of us are doing. You you go you go through people, don't you? First and foremost, who you know, you know, won't let you down uh, and can come in and do a job. Maybe Nat Phillips is one of those people because he's known him from a previous life, or maybe he will go back. I don't know. Um, but uh, yeah, I think that's 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 what I can see Brendan doing is going dipping in to somewhere he's been before or somebody he knows he knows well to bring in that that quality. He has spoken time and time again, uh, Lawrence, and I want to talk about the kind of changes that we've seen just since Brendan came back. Uh, I was talking a wee bit about it yesterday on the Wonder Round Paradise. I was told I should have called it the Donder Round Paradise. Um, and we we had to actually negotiate snow for the first time. Probably won't be the last uh, yesterday. But what I was talking about, Lawrence, was the, um, you know, the change in Brendan Rodgers. So the first time round, he comes in in a blaze of glory. And, you know, everybody's up at Celtic Park, 13,000 fans there to greet him. Scenes never before seen um, for uh, an incoming manager. And obviously the invincible treble, he's, you know, he's in, he's untouchable really in that first season. Um, transfer window, like Ian says, you know, he's bringing in guys who became heroes at the club. Brilliant. But as the the time you know went on and the bad signing started to come in and maybe the control that he had and he's only spoken about it since he's come back, he was saying that you know there was a standard of player Lawrence that was there in his mind and the ones he was being presented with were over here. They weren't going to enhance his squad. They weren't going to allow him to progress the team that he was building. He's come back and he's he's been kind of more low key, Lawrence. I feel more low key, more humble. Um, and even when he's been presented with players there in the, the summer transfer window, he's been, you know, almost like a politician when he's talking about it because he knows he needs to keep those guys on side. He's maybe going to have to play them, and he has played quite a few of them, not all of them. So he's saying, they're my boys. I've signed them off. I'm happy with them. They're at the, at the standard. But that has gradually changed, and it's kind of changed through poor performances domestically and also the fact that we've not got enough in the Champions League. And it came to a head at the weekend uh, after the game. He says it's the angriest he's ever been as a coach at half-time. He's obviously uh, read the riot act in the dressing room, Lawrence. He's talking about guys who were too comfortable. They were too comfortable on that part. Who knows who he was talking about? Um, but it seems to have come to a head. And, and it's not by design, I don't think. It's a very natural thing. And we seemed to get a wee bit more fire out of Brendan Rodgers as a result of it. Is it a turning point, Lawrence? Is it a turning point? Is the timing of it good in that we're just about to enter another transfer window? Is it going to make a difference to the style and the quality of player that we bring in? Listen, hopefully it's a turning point because I don't think that team could get any worse than the first half. You know, so it's got to be a turning point. You know, Brendan's obviously, you know, he keeps going. Since he came back, he's mentioned we need more quality, more quality. And, you know, the loan signings sometimes that they work or not, but the Phillips one in particular was a bit weird because I think it was two or three weeks before we signed him, we'd identified we need a quality centre half in. Ten Celtic three weeks to get someone in who turned out to be injured. So was it available for the Rangers game and it's, it's played little to no part since then. We got a guy in loan with 70 million quid in the bank. There was nothing to us. You know, to stop us going out and signing a Colatory type player that would help develop these young project centre halves we had, but also be able to con- contribute to Champions League level. That wasn't finance. That, that was boardroom ambition. Yeah. That stopped us doing that. And I, I think that's a frustrating thing for fans. It's a frustrating thing for Brendan as well. And there'll be, other, there'll be boys in that team thinking, you know, how long did I have left at Celtic? I want to do something. You know, I, I, I've been at nights for, for the, you know, it's the evening with nights. In the last players, some people say, oh, what were the good nights in Europe? And some of the players kind of late 80s into the 90s will say, well, we didn't really have them. You can tell that was a huge regret for them. Mm-hmm. We're kind of facing a squad of players that if we keep going on, you know, that's going to be their answer in 10, 15 years' time. We didn't really have them. And, you know, in, in, in the last time, you know, whatever the old board was doing and This board, certainly, you know, they're running the business better. They're not running the football side better. Are they really, could we say that? You know, is our ambition just to win in Scotland and that's it? We're to be happy. 
you know, and if that was an ambition three years ago or eight years ago and you've, you know, completed Scotland, you've got utter dominance, do you just stop there and don't try and progress? You know, wh- where's the ambition to push yourself further as a club? I think the Nat Phillips signing kind of said it all, that there was no ambition. You know, just getting a stopgap. He won't improve us in Europe. He'll be all right for the SPL. We've got 70 million in the bank. We can go and afford to get someone that can improve us. And we chose not to. You know, that's got to be hugely frustrating for the manager. He knows there's there's money there that can buy the quality of players he wants. He knows the market well. You know, would another three Champions League or two Champions League level players helped us? Would they have got us a point? I don't know. You, you, you know, nothing's guaranteed in life. But it's certainly given us a better chance. It would have, Lawrence. And the, the point that you're making there, and I'm going to throw this one to Liam, was it a turning point, I asked Lawrence? Um, Lawrence is saying... You know, if the board don't have the ambition, there won't be the turning point. That's what scares me a bit because I, I've read out the, the January transfer business and there was some other bad business done. They were the guys that really didn't contribute that came in for big money. If it happens again, Liam, we've already seen already a gradual change in, in the approach of Brendan Rogers. It then, you know, raises questions around his ambition matching the board's ambition. And if it doesn't, then you've got a problem on your hands. And this is what we're talking about, how the Celtic board must back Rodgers to avoid that. We can't have this discontent again, this this fractured relationship between board and manager. We've seen it before. Yep. I'm going to have to, uh, I'm going to, have to rein myself in here a bit here from going on a rant, but speculate to accumulate, right? Good business is where you find it. That's what we should be doing. And we're not, at the moment um and it's not just the team right we're not investing at the level we need to to get a a decent foothold in europe we are not investing in our commercial department which in turn means we're not generating the revenue we need to our multimedia side is an absolute joke um our commercial department um is just you know like Oh, how do we bring in more money? I'll just release another kit. Uh, no, right? F- fans can only be milked so often before the pockets run dry. Okay? And especially now, there needs to be, and I think it speaks more to the fact that you have a boardroom full of people who have never known what it's like to work wage packet to wage packet. They've never known what it's like to be crapping yourself because the electric bill might be too high next month. They've never known the the sacrifices that we ha- we as fans have to make in order to support our club, whether it's you know financial jiggery poke that you make sure you've got enough money to pay your season ticket, whether it's you know in my case cancelling one service so I can get Celtic TV instead, and then being horrifically disappointed with Celtic TV, um, you know it's. We all have to play this financial juggling act in order to keep following Celtic. And the, the, none of the board are even aware that such a juggling act exists, let alone that they have to, that us fans have to partake in it. Um, I was talking to an American friend of mine yesterday. Um, I don't know if you guys have read over there the story about the Aberdeen fan, 10-year-old boy, who uh, got tickets for what was going to be his first ever cup final and found out... Uh, a couple of days later, the tickets had been withdrawn because he was not a consistent customer. Right. Right. Absolute disgrace. Now, it was in the paper, so hopefully the fuss has been kicked up and the wee boy got his tickets, but I don't know if he did or not. I haven't seen the follow-up. But we were t- I was talking to my friend about this, and this is the same friend who came with me to see the, the Gamble-Osaka match in, uh, in the summer. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about it, and he said, you know, I really don't get American, right? He said, I don't get soccer fans. I says, what do you mean? He says, in what other business can you treat your customers with such contempt and you still rake in millions every year? He said, if a baseball team or a, or a basketball team did that in America, they go out of business. Fans at stadiums want to sit and have a beer. They want to have good food. They want to have comfy seats. They want to have good access to streaming and TV when the game isn't when they can't go to the game for whatever reason. Celtic provide none of that. Um, 
and the prices that we are charging now for tickets are amongst the highest in Europe. Um, to, to use another commonly held phrase, we are charging champagne prices for Buckfast at the moment. If you look at it in a European context. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Look at, um, look at, look at the, the, the attitude of the board, right? Look at Fergus McCann. They're, they're, not, they're not protecting the future. There's an old saying, I, I think uh, I think it was like sort of Native Americans, where they never, any decision was never considered without considering two generations in front of them. Our board do not do that at all. You look at, you talk about the commercial side of stuff, Liam, and you know, there was the hotel mooted and all that kind of stuff, other options to revenue. Loads of clubs, I was in the blog earlier on, which I thought was really, really on point, you know, about, uh, is it Porto and Real Madrid? These, they've got the museums within the stadium, so it's, the, the, the stadiums are so so vastly underutilised. Certainly Celtic Park during the week, you do the Wonder Round Paradise and it's looks pretty quiet, you know, but it's a, it's an asset that could be, they could have bars and restaurants. I mean, and Lawrence, you said this the other week as well, you know, but, you know, there's one one kind of half attempt at a bar, a sports bar that doesn't even say it's a sports bar at Celtic Park. All these things could be could be utilised to add revenue rather than fleecing fans a little bit more with an extra kit or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. But they're, they're not, they're not a Fergus McCann who built a stadium and thinking generations in front to try and secure because he loved Celtic, he was a fan. But these guys... They're just thinking about their own little garden, what doing their own little, keeping their own little KPIs as key performance indicators. Uh, you, you pop pickers. Um, someone mentioned, made a mention up before, but it's like it's the metrics that their bosses measure them on. It's not legacy that they're, they're trying to leave. They're just looking after the here and now because that's in their job description. And they'll they'll toodle pip, take their bonus, and then and, and off they go. Whereas you know, and, and someone else has got to pick up the the, the slack. The, 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 the stadium could be extended we could get more people in you know all these things you know it's it's not a progressive board and a, the, there's a lot of discrepancy with the board at the moment despite the fact they were, were, were beating Rangers and the fact it will die down because you know Europe is, will be a, a passing memory after Christmas we'll go back to this, more, more of the same but we're still a bit upset about it at the moment you know until next year um, but, you're, but you're allowed to be this is the thing yeah, uh, it's like sometimes when I look at it and I think it's not their money. You know, when you're talking about the, the amount of money that we waste on transfers, and I, I spoke earlier there about some of the, the January business that we did under Brennan first time round. Last week, I listed uh, a number of players that cost us 30 million quid. And it was over a period of five seasons. And it was players that did not contribute. They did not contribute positively to Celtic over the piece. If you think about, you know, the the obvious ones being a Yeti and Barkas, five million quid each, but you, you've you know you've spent money like three million quid on Ball and Golly, three and a half million quid on Kamala, two million on Sorrow, Burnaby three point seven five, and in a five season period, we spent thirty million pound, and people sometimes wonder, ah, oh, you know, it, it's fine, it's not an exact science, and you can't get them all right, but this is the money that the club only has due to what Liam said there. This is the money that. You know, people prioritise Celtic merchandise, season tickets, travel, the whole thing over virtually everything else. I mean, the amount of people, this is why I keep saying it, when Celtic fans go abroad and we go to uh, the, the away days in, in Europe and we get humbled. Is it a thought for the actual fan and what they've had to do to get there and the cost of that as well? Never really is there. So all that money, it's just like loads of millions, tens of millions of pounds spent over a five-year period, but that's the fans that have raised that cash. You know, you can say, oh, well done to X, Y, or Z for doing that brilliant marketing campaign or that marketing deal, but you still rely on the fans to buy the merchandise that you're producing. And without that, as Liam says, there is no there is no brand, there is no income, turnover, profit, etc. And this is what frustrates me. It is the Celtic fans that are generating the cash. And uh, without that, you wouldn't be able to splurge £30 million over five seasons on players who were absolute flops. And this is the thing, we need to be tighter. And I think there needs to be more of a laser focus starting in January. And now if we come out of that January transfer window and we've only brought in two players of quality, I'll be happy. I think we need to start getting a lot of these guys that are not contributing out the door, be that on loan or permanent deals, move them on. We need to start doing things differently because Brennan Rogers has given us a sign that he's getting to that point of frustration and anger. And once he gets to that point, we've been in that movie before. So we need to actually look at the situation, 
and whilst we still can do something about it. And if we do improve the side for that European aspiration, domestic football will look after itself. Rather than another way about, do enough to, to do well in, in domestic football and we'll get the bonus and the bounty of the Champions League. We're doing it the wrong way around at the moment. Thanks everybody for getting involved in the comments. Yes, there's been quite a few tangents and rants. It would appear that Celtic fans, certainly those contributors to Axon, are unhappy as well. Just like I would just like to them. clarify something before we close out, right? Um, you know, I was a wee bit harsh and maybe a bit disrespectful in my comments. I'm partial to a bottle at the fridge now and again. There's nothing wrong with Bucky. If you enjoy it, get into it. It's it's all right. Absolutely. Yes, uh, the book fast. Tonic wine yeah. has been um, <laughs> pretty potent for generations. And uh, I was laughing the other day there. I was looking at a, an advert from the 1950s that I found in a newspaper um, when I was doing research for one of my books, and it was a 1951 newspaper, and there's this Buckfast advert, but the way that it was being branded was unbelievable. You could buy it at the pharmacy, Lawrence, you're smiling there. You could buy it at the, at the pharmacy, and it was like, if you were feeling a wee bit, you know, peely-wally kind of thing, have a Bucky. It'll just uh, perk you up. Fantastic. I don't think people do it for, for that purpose now. So there we go. Keep uh, the comments coming in. If you're watching this and not live and you're watching it after the event uh, let us know about some of the points that have been raised today, how are you feeling about going into the January transfer window, is Brendan going to get the quality that he's already said he requires and I think as football fans and as Celtic fans we've already identified as well and if so where do you think that quality is required who do we uh, allow to leave the club and are you satisfied that we are producing enough footballers um, for the £3 million outlay that the Academy costs every single year. I certainly don't. Thanks, everybody, for getting involved. And uh, one last thing, our charity weekender is going to go ahead on the 16th and 17th of December. It's in a couple of weeks. Uh, we've got quite a lot of great content lined up, 24 hours of content. We're raising money for we, we Jamie Tierney, whose link uh, for his GoFundMe is underneath this video. If you're able to get involved, certainly do so either leading up to the Charity Weekender or on the Weekender itself. We're also on the Monday after the Charity Weekender having a, an Axom Christmas night out. Unfortunately, Liam and Ian can't make it uh, in time, but uh, you certainly can. There's a couple of tickets available uh, underneath this video. Thanks, everybody, for getting involved. Thank you to Liam, Ian and Lawrence for joining me on a Celtic State of Mind. Network.